Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, each, uh, each Friday night, generally, we try and catch up with a fan or someone from a club, that whether it be their, you know, uh, someone that looks after their social media platforms um, or a website, does not have to be official. Uh, the boss of the Cumberland Throw uh, is a bloke called 60s, and that is because he was born in the 60s. I won't give his, uh, his age away. Uh, he often jumps on the line. 60s, good evening to you, but um, unfortunately, mate, for the old Eels, uh, a disappointing night last night. Chris, uh, thanks for having me on again tonight. Yes, it was a disappointing night. A case of, I, I would imagine, the ifs. If only, if only. There were so many moments of that during the game, but credit to the Raiders. They certainly turned up to play and um, deserved the win. Yeah, I think they did. Mitchell Moses, obviously not there, um, and clearly, clearly they missed um, his calmness, I think, and his direction. Uh, you'd, you'd agree with that. But before we even touch on that, he came under a fair bit of criticism, didn't he, Mitchell Moses, after after Origin 3, um, much of which um, I think was was unwarranted. What what are your thoughts on that? I I think I, I'd go stronger than unwarranted. I'd yeah. say it was actually quite absurd because he, he played the type of game that they would have been looking for him to have. And then to make matters even stronger in his case, he's played the majority of that game with a, a bone injury into in his back. So mm. uh, tough as, and, and I thought played a really solid debut game. He's key to your run to the finals, though, clearly, Mitchell Moses. We'll chat about last night's game as well, but I guess indirectly we are because without him, you are not the same team. Jake Arthur is, is still feeling his way in the side. Um, what's, the, what's the thought? How long will he be out for, do you think, Moses? I think we might still see him out for another week. Uh, I reckon it's touch and go for the next match, and that's a crucial match against the Roosters. Mm. Um, And if he doesn't play, then I would imagine that Jake Arthur would be lining up again. There's been a bit of criticism of young Jake from some uh, aspects of uh, Eels fans on social media. But look, as, as far as I'm concerned, the criticisms that say... He's he's not a first-grade player. Well, he's not a regular first-grade player as yet. No. But I, I think he's doing a damn good job filling in at 18 years of age in uh, in first grade and copying the sort of hits that he's copying because he's certainly targeted out there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, 60s, uh, the Cumberland Throw, is it .com.au? What is it? And it's not an official Eels website. What is it? A, an official fan site, I guess. Yeah, it's .com, so www.thecumberlandthrow.com. And uh, we've been around for, well, this is our sixth year of being around. We're um, certainly well known by the club and have a, a good relationship with the Eels and with Parramatta Leagues Club. We've, we actually, this is something that we're missing. We do live podcasts from Parramatta Leagues Club on match days. So uh, we're we're missing match days. I, you can imagine, like, everyone's missing being able to go to the footy. I know that's only a, yeah. a minor thing in life when it comes to the, 
the some of the more serious aspects of people's work and life that's been affected by COVID. But we're certainly missing out on uh, we, we we miss our time being able to go to the footy and uh, yeah, and that a big part of that, as I said, is is our uh, live podcast at Parramatta Leagues Club. Yeah, I guess you know I'm in the media too, and you're doing your your stuff as well on that podcast, and you know we are providing something, aren't we? So hopefully we're we're doing our little bit in in, in some way to keep people sort of amused and entertained and informed as well, um, even though we we can't get along to the footy as we as we would like here in uh, in the Harbour City. Let's quickly look at last night's game. Then sixties uh, uh, that Jordan Rappin's tackle, sort of the last play of the game. There were some thinking it might have you know, been a, a penalty try because it, he led sort of with the hips and, and no arm contact, but uh, the officials deemed otherwise. And uh, in the end, I guess the better team won on the night. The way I look at it, Chris, is that it shouldn't have come down to that. I know mm. VA said something similar in the presser, but uh, it, yeah, it definitely shouldn't have come down to that because... I think the Eels only need to have a look in the mirror at the number of missed tackles and the number of errors that they made at, at crucial times. And, and as I said, it's even a case of uh, the what ifs. What if they had have passed the ball at that moment? What if they had have hung onto the ball rather than pass it at that moment? Mm. Uh, there's so many moments like that where they missed golden opportunities to, to score or to apply a bit more pressure. They didn't. Uh, my view on that on that tackle was... I thought it was an illegal tackle, but I'm not putting the loss down to that one moment with four seconds to go as the reason for Canberra winning. Mm. And what if Sevo's first try was not awarded, as probably it shouldn't have been, because clearly Dylan Brown was offside. Your thoughts? You know, it's it's one of those things where I was grateful that that decision went that way because it seems that the uh, bunkers are now regarding chasers who get inside the 10 but don't take part mm. as being passive. Now, I'm not sure whether they ruled he, Dylan Brown as being passive or whether they actually ruled that his feet were behind the kick. Uh, I, I wouldn't have thought his feet were behind no. the kick in that instance. Um, if they're going to start ruling on this passive chasers, gee, it's a, a grey area. I don't like it. I think if you're offside, you're offside. And if you're inside the 10, you're impacting the decision of the defender. So... Uh, that's, well, clearly, look, yeah. that's how I. Yeah. But um, but as far as I'm concerned, that decision was still no different to how they've been ruling a lot of other uh, kick chases and and passive uh, chases mm. in the in the game this year. Well, we heard earlier in the program tonight, uh, Greg McCallum, and and he's on the same page as you, and a very smart man. I'll be interested to hear what uh, Graham Annesley has to say on Monday when he normally addresses uh, the media about a few decisions because you'd hate something like that. Um, to decide a grand final. Blake Ferguson, good to see him back in the first grade. For, he's been out for quite a while. He's he's off contract at the end of the year. My young fella said, um, when did Blake, Blake last play, Dad? And I explained to him, well, he's he's going to be off contract. And, and after he, he assisted that try, it was a blockbusting run from, from Fergo. Uh, my little boy said, do you think he's earned himself a new contract? Well, what do you think, 60s? I think he probably has to do a little bit more uh, in terms of the Eels in earning a, another mm. contract with Parramatta, I, I've got the feeling that they are looking elsewhere uh, with regard to the wing spot for next year. But that said, I I expect, and we debated this a little bit on the Cumberland Throw, that Blake Ferguson would be back before the end of the year because he's capable of those moments. Mm. So if he'd made the necessary adjustments, if he'd, he'd had the right attitude, 
during his time back in the lower grades or not getting a run in first grade, I fully expected to see him back because uh, we, look, we love Hayes Dunster. We think he's a, a, mm. a, great, a great winger. But there's very few players in the competition who can pull off a moment like Blake Ferguson did and to get the Eels back into the game as he did last night. So I think it's fair to say that he, was a, he, he could have been instrumental in an Eels win last night. Could well have been. And, uh, you know, if it's not in blue and gold, I still think he could do a job at another club, uh, possibly for another year or two. But you know, uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. Talking of young Hayes Dunster, what about last week? I haven't spoken to you for a while, but was that last weekend that, that pick up and scored that try? That was just amazing. Oh, it was absolutely sensational. And it's, uh, look, I think it says a lot about the modern day winger that oh. they can do such amazing uh, acrobatics and and the handling that you see from wingers these days, whether it's going up for the high ball or those uh, gravity-defying dives into the corner, wingers are are one of the greatest sources of uh, excitement for supporters in the game. I don't think Guru back in the day could have bent down and picked that up like Hayes Dunster did, but then saying that, Hayes Dunster probably couldn't uh, barge them off and, and beat five or six Canterbury players on the way to a try line in a, in a major semi-final from memory either. No, I think, I think Guru had uh, uh, legends written all over him from the time that he first started out on the field because no one could bring the crowd to their feet like he could. Uh, never seen... Never really seen anyone who can do similar before or since. He was one of a kind. Absolutely. All right, mate, I, um, I won't keep you much longer. Just that loss against the Raiders then. Um, what what does that do to your top four hopes, do you think? Because you've got a very tough run home to the finals. It, it is it is the, the one of the toughest. Well, in fact, Parramatta and Penrith sit right at the top of the tree when it comes to the toughest draw in the NRL because both of those teams play each of the other six uh, each of the other top six sides twice they're the only teams in the comp that have to do that so it is a it is a tougher draw but look that said that's just part of the part of the luck in any any year with the way the draw is worked out look I think I think uh, it's it comes down to a couple of key games I think this the next game against the roosters mm. that gives them a chance to put a bit of breathing space between themselves and the Roosters. And then, of course, they get to play Manly as well. So the game of the Eels against the Seagulls becomes another crucial one. The Eels are sitting above both teams. They've got superior for and against to both teams. So really, the ball's in Parramatta's court. If they don't make the top four... Or they could, again, it's a case of just look in the mirror and find out why you didn't make the top four. All right, 60s, uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, mate. Thanks, as always, for jumping on the line and joining us on Higher Ground. And uh, our listeners can uh, read some of your work uh, at thecumberlandthrow.com. Mate, appreciate your time uh, again this week. And, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it.